What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. Look down at the what is happening everybody welcome back to another episode of the dan cable presents podcast thank you for tuning into the program once again if this is your first time listening thanks for checking out the show you can find fresh episodes coming at you every friday and if you want to help support the podcast in a free way you can do so by clicking subscribe on itunes clicking write a review giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the itunes charts giving it more visibility on the national and international levels and uh, just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and uh, I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so I appreciate you just taking the time to tune in we got episode 226 coming at you Mike Mo Beats is on the podcast another killer hip-hop producer, beat maker, and I uh, thought this would be a cool way to follow up the Sherbert episode from, from last week, another great Portland beat maker, and Mike Moe actually got brought up in that conversation, so it's uh, it's great to have Mike Moe on the show this week. I've known about this dude for a couple years now, and uh, I've been geeking out on his his tunes i guess for the last three or four months and i was excited to uh have a park hang with this dude and and get to know him and find out where his tunes come from and uh just a really fucking nice dude and uh really enjoyed the hang we had and i'm stoked to to share this conversation that mike and i had over at essex park here in uh Southeast Portland. I think we're winding down kind of on the uh, the opportunities to do these parking. So I'm trying to get them in while they can before the, the rain comes in and uh, the nights start to get dark early. And uh, 
Yeah, man, we got extra, extra buttered for this one. I'm doing a uh, a sober October, which doesn't really mean much for the uh, the drinking, because I don't do too much of that anyhow. But uh, I am a regular weed smoker, the modern day productive stoner. So uh, I'm a couple days into it, and I gotta tell you, I would really love to burn a joint down right now, but uh, yeah, man, just doing some uh, some discipline work this this month, I guess, and I've been smoking weed for a long time, and I feel like it is uh, usually something that is a good thing for me. It seems to, for the most part, help with anxiety and productivity but uh just thought it would be good to to dial it back and and try to get back to a baseline and kind of analyze how it might be uh helping or prohibiting me from doing things but i'll tell you two days in you know not really deep into this thing but thus far i have found no benefits to uh not putting any weed or thc in my system so we will see how things shake out and uh, yeah we're gonna have some some non-baked episodes coming at you here in october so this was this was the last of them before this uh this experiment and uh yeah mike and i we burned burned a couple down in the in the park and we we talked about we talked about music and creative process and whatnot, and that's uh, that's what you are about to hear on this episode. I would encourage you to uh, to go back and check out previous episodes if this is your first time tuning into the thing. You can also uh, find episodes of I Dig Records, which uh, is a podcast I've been doing with my cousin that comes out in this feed as well, where we just uh, dive into a couple records. We've uh, done about eight of those over the last few months or so and uh volume nine should be coming at you in the uh the next couple weeks so stay tuned for that like i said sherbert last week that was a great chat and uh there's plenty more plenty more in the archive because if you tune in regularly you know that there has been a new episode of this thing every week for like the last four and a half years as we creep up on uh, the five-year anniversary of, of kind of getting this thing going in, in the pilot episode, a lot to reflect on. I will tell you what, there's a lot to reflect on here. And uh, yeah, just trying to figure out where where I'm going to take this thing and the, the direction of things and uh, that weekly commitment I think about a lot and trying to figure out if that's a good or a, a bad thing. At this time, I've kind of done all of this, maintaining a full-time job, and uh, it's been it's been amazing. But uh, you know, it definitely takes its toll here and there when you when you put this commitment out to yourself to get this thing done. It can uh, you know definitely drain the energy, and at times it can be its own burden. I try not to. Uh, try not to make it that at all because I want this to be an outlet for myself and, and a fun thing for uh, myself and, and just a good opportunity to, 
connect with people. But uh, yeah, it, it certainly takes its toll after uh, doing it for four or five years, along with uh, this this last year since January, starting this other podcast with my buddy Andrew called Bible Buds and. We've already put out 31 episodes of that. Episode 32 coming at you on Sunday. Tune into some Bible buds if you want to, uh, you know, just hear some some spirituality talk, some far out religion talk. Uh, neither of us identify as as Christians or with any other religious sect, but uh, definitely exploring some of the more mystical shit going on with that we've got a, a killer guest coming up this sunday with our friend olivia ashton who is just a, a beautiful person so uh if that sounds like it's your speed i would encourage you to uh to check that out it's definitely the link to that is in my my instagram bio which will definitely be in the the episode notes as well as all the information from mike mo this dude has so much music to check out um on the streaming services, he's got a, he's, uh, did I just say services, services, uh, on the streaming services, he's got a few records up there and we're going to feature a couple tracks from lo-fi, which is my favorite collection of tunes that is on there. But on his Bandcamp, he's got several other albums. So a lot of music to dive into. If you, uh, if you dig what this dude's doing, please give him a follow and check out his music and support him. Like I said, all the links will be in the episode notes so you can follow up with uh, with Mike Mo Beats, who is this week's guest. Stoked to get into this thing. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my man, Mountaineer Mike. This dude has been with me since the beginning of this podcast, and he's mixed, I would say, 90% of them. And uh, had the pleasure of engineering all of the studio sessions that we did in the first 75 of this thing. And you can uh, you can check out a bunch of videos from that on the the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. And uh, just some some real treasured moments there at Mountaineer Studios with with uh, with Mountaineer Mike. So just want to send that dude some love. And we're gonna get in to this thing episode 226 the world is on fire but the uh the day cable presents program continues on mike mo beats is on the show and uh one thing i love about this dude's music and we talk about it a little bit in the episode is uh a lot of it has in an uplifting joyful feeling to it and this is definitely one of those songs that I think is representative of that. So I want to kick it off with a little positivity with this thing. And this is a track. It's the first track off of the Lo-Fi album from Mike Mo Beats. And it's called Peace. Let's do the damn thing. You know what? I can't create and not live. I can't be in this vacuum of, you know, of, of creativity, creativity, creativity without life. Life is, is, is peaks and valleys. Some people think that that, some people explain that as good times, bad times, but I actually think it's learning
Mike Mo. Let's do it, man. Cool. Um, so I don't know if you remember. Maybe this will jog your memory as far as like any encounters we've had in person, actually. But I remember meeting you at last year's Pickathon. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I was. Uh, I did a, a bunch of the interviews for uh, for the festival. That's right. And I was interviewing Karma Rivera. <laughs> oh shit. And you yeah. were there as her DJ. Um and yeah, I just remember saying what's up to you while while they were getting uh Carmel all mic'd up and everything. I wanted to go talk to you and you were with you were with one other person. Um don't remember the name, but just kind of checked in to see like, oh what's what should I talk to Karma about? Or like yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. can I know about <laughs> Karma? Give me some insight before yeah, I that's, you know that's jump a funky into this question. interview with her, yeah. you know. <laughs> um but before that I had been to Man, this must have been like five, almost five years ago when I first started doing this podcast, and I went to a house show that to go see Mike Fontaine. Get the fuck out! You were at that joint, dog. Yeah, so you were there, and you did a set. Yeah, I did. And I, I did. Like <laughs> I remember you. You were just like hella nervous. I haven't rapped in a really long time. This is like I'm more of a producer than a rapper. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I was there for that, and then yeah, met you at Pickathon. Yeah, bro. I didn't really know too much about the the producing you were do, you were doing because yeah. i was like more introduced to that that yeah, night of seeing you at the yeah, house that, show the rap persona yeah <laughs> so that that's what i knew of mike mo before meeting you at pickathon and then seeing that you were you know putting out a bunch of instrumentals and whatnot yeah, and then yeah. check that stuff out and i was i was drawn to it pretty quickly appreciate and that dog appreciate you letting me use your music for the <laughs> the course. no justice no peace of volume course, that i man. did that you let me that is use super, the tunes super for cool with me yeah so so that's what I know about Mike Mo. Word up. You know, that that is that is it. I know that I like your music and I'm stoked to just kind of piece things together and find out where you come from, man, and how you Bet. get into to making music and, and where you're yeah. at now. Straight up, man. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on to your platform and for, you know what I mean, tapping in and seeing me in the various places and, and spaces that I uh, happen to do my, my musical endeavors. Man, that's just dope um, for you to follow up with me and uh, check it out. So, yeah, bro. I'm, Absolutely, well, I'm, dude. Whatever you want to talk about, bro. Um, so, yeah, where where do you where do you come from, man? Um, that's that's a kind of a, a big question, I guess. I don't I'm, I claim Portland. Um, I was born here. My dad got a job. We moved up to Tacoma in like 98. Um, so I was up there until middle school. Came back here um, like 03, 04, I believe. Um, so I went to middle school in Northeast Portland. Okay. Um, and then went to high school in the Burbs, man. Uh, so I've kind of seen all all little flavors. But I went to high school um, to Wallaton. Don't like to give them too many shout outs. Didn't have the best time out there. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, after that, to keep continue the story, I went to college uh, my first two years at Linfield College. Then I flunked out being a uh, drunk high ass um, playing basketball and shit. And then went to Portland State and finished up in Southeast Portland at Warner Pacific. And I've been kind of in Southeast ever since. So I've been, I guess you could say, all over the Portland metro area. But, you know, I'm Northwest to, to the heart of me. So okay. that's the that's a spark notes answer. For sure. And and uh, what about the music, man? When do, when do you start getting keyed in and, and really interested in in music uh man um I, I grew up in a church man i'm definitely a pk kid bro my dad was always in the church we was in there you know a ton so if you're in there you know you you've got to play an instrument and you're seeing some really dope music like people who play in the church you got to be nice on the drums and nice on the keys and all of that and you got to be able to sing you know so it's, i was introduced to that that was probably my first um 
you know, big, really like in depth, like, wow, I'm seeing like great music every week. So that kind of was in me. And then in school also, you know, when I, was, I went to private schools for the most part growing up, played recorder, I played sax. Saxophone was kind of probably where I fell in love with it and learned how to like, you know, actually like music theory outside of just like playing Mary Had a Little Lamb, you know? So kind of yeah. took it to that next level. But other than that, um, my dad, my parents are from Ohio. So my dad is from Dayton, Ohio, and my mom is from Cleveland. So my dad, even though he's in the church, you know what I mean? He, uh, Zap and Roger, you know, Slave, all that funky parliament, funkadelic, all of that. And, oh, yeah. And even back then, because I think he might have graduated in uh, 1980, it was like, you know, rock rock was black music. You know what I mean? Prancing up. Them dudes right. were throwing down crazy, like, guitar riffs. And, like, you know, it was funky, man. So, Sly like, I, and the Family Stone. All of that, man. dude. All of that. So I grew up with all of that stuff, man. On top of just your, your typical, you know, R&B and soul. But there were some cats, man, during that time, you know, like, Prince, time, you know, the time was nuts. Morris Day was nuts, man. So I'm hearing that stuff just rolling around with my pops. I'm like, what's that, Dad? What's that? What's that? So that's probably my biggest introduction. So I took it from the private school saxophone to, you know, wanting to find out more about, you know, okay, where do where these samples come from? Now I'm hearing records that I like as rap. I'm like, okay, what is this sample? And I'm doing the, you know, the, the research yeah. and hopping on LimeWire and, you know, just sort of whole ordeal. So that part caught on for you pretty quick where you were like really interested on like where those samples oh, yeah, come from and for how sure. is this working? For sure. I would say probably more going towards uh, like, you know, middle school. I've been making beats since I've been like 13. Not on the greatest software, obviously, but I just had like the loop maker, um, just the simple shit. You know, like people say they started off on the, the the PlayStation, whatever that little program was people had. That's what I was doing. But I had enough, you know, to like do the Wikipedia and see, okay, I like this record. What was the sample? And I would kind of like dig in and, you know, see and try to replicate it. Obviously, like Ninth Wonder is probably like the dude who like made me want to like, yo, that's crazy that he flipped this. And Kanye, you know, flipped this sample yeah. like through the wire. When that came out, I was like, what? That's the Shaka Khan record? And like kind of like reverse engineered it to see like well how the fuck did he make that you know what i mean and that got me like i want to do that yeah man it's fun when you are able to connect the dots on that type of stuff yeah and i think it's even like more fun you know when you're when you're able to recognize a sample without you know looking yeah. it up and yeah you're man like, whoa is that is that from that, that <laughs> jazz record like i've heard that before right man. yeah for sure is that roy ayers did they put that on that that's mary j blige what right that's 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 uh bobby caldwell that's what tupac did do for love yeah like, what and it's both great records in their own right for sure you know just cruising out green records and then oh, finding man. that it's like oh this is a biggie sample <laughs> yeah <laughs> bro like, some people were more egregious with it, like Puff Daddy and them. They were sampling records that came out like literally like five or six years prior. <laughs> like didn't even try to change it. They just looped it up, bro. They're like, I like this shit. It's mine now. <laughs> like, I mean, shouts out to him having the ear. But like now, it's like if you were to do that for a sample like Ariana Grande from like four years ago, I'll get clowned, bro. You can't. Not that I would. Well, but. I mean, it's just like even how he fucking flipped sting song dude I'm missing man. you like it's a pretty much like this is the same song yeah. song with a a different backbeat pretty dude, much dude dope know? is dope man and crushed it and sting give him say what you want that's the police right he's funky oh, bro he's funky man like so it, it was a layup he threw that off the backboard for someone to rap on yeah dude it, the the police shit is uh a lot of that stuff is pretty next level like and for sure. you know he's He's the bass player. He's the dude throwing down all those crazy bass lines. That's that the are, heart and soul of the record, man. The bass line, bro. That's uh, is that something that spoke to you pretty early on? The bass, 
lines. It's I mean I've always heard it, but uh, coming from a dude who's more with the you know with the whatever the fuck is called the winds or whatever doing the sax, um, I never had a bass. I never was a guitar dude. I can't like maneuver my fingers like that. I have friends who play and play bass and guitar and all that. I'm like yeah that's that's tight, but I can't do that. But um, so I was never I was I can more flip records and do the sample digging and chop them up and you know whoop de whoop. But um yeah I mean it's, that's kind of I, when I go back and listen to the stuff that I really like, that is kind of the common denominator man you listen to like some of the anderson pack stuff even like the stuff that's been sampled like it's just groovy bro if you don't have a cold baseline even shit um the white stripes seven nation arm like that is just that's the whole soul hard soul of that record so i'm trying to now um as opposed to doing the like synthetic you know cheesy like daw um digital audio workstation like programmed um stock sense trying to get to that level of like uh, actually having real real live bass it has a different flavor to it, a different twang to it you can it just sounds more natural so that i'm realizing that's kind of like me as an advanced not advanced but you know what i'm trying to say yeah no i i asked you about the the baseline stuff just because that's something i guess that sticks out to me in in the the tracks word, that i, that word, I get from you, you especially on um i mean it's it's throughout everything mm-hmm. it's uh but i really dig kind of some of the feels that that you explore on lo-fi with uh with some like sunday afternoon and, word, Port- and word. portland rain word like, thanks bro like, yeah, thanks bro some of those are hell yeah just really dope in the pocket you create for sure thanks man that's probably one of my my, my favorite body of work is the lo-fi um and it's wild that sometimes like people will ask me did you play that i'm like no that's from the from the record there was enough on there you know i just try to eq it enough i'm not a master you know mac mixing engineer but enough to just do some you know amateur shit to get it out um some of those records are just funky man they have that baseline you don't really didn't add none there's some that you know people like dilla and them will throw their own baseline and filter it and do go crazy with it so i kind of go back and forth but either way whether i'm doing it or someone else is doing it it's already on the record like that's you know, it's a different vibration to it, man. Having the drums knock and having the bass knock is kind of like the one thing that that I'm sure you know well that um there's kind of this new like flavor of quote unquote lo-fi study beats and like for me it's like dude like they, they try to put like Dilla and Madlib in there it's like they're not there because their shit knocked bro like you you listen to their like Madlib shit will bang in 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 a, in a you know and you got some twelves in the back you'll hear it Jay Dilla you'll hear it Ninth Wonder yeah. you'll hear it Pete Rock you'll you'll hear it some of this stuff is I don't want to say it's like sanitized it's like okay. It don't really got that same knock, so that's that's the difference for me. It's like the bass and the kicks knock. Yeah, it's like it's a different thing for sure. You know, like when I, yeah, when I'm listening to your lo-fi record, it is definitely not like the study chill, yeah, vibe that like somebody <laughs> put on YouTube that said that that's like the the yeah. chill lo-fi yeah, it's so Which, unfortunate bro i don't know it can be like i feel like that stuff can be enjoyed in its own it right is. Too, i love it i love but it, it. Like is, but saying. there's a distinguishing line and i'm not trying to say abdil or any of those guys obviously that's what i aspire to be one day and i'm not dudes like new job is are probably more on the line of the study beats where it's not as bass super heavy but for me i put i put that shit on there um kind of like as a cop-out like yo pretty much i don't have the budget to get it mixed and faster so i'm just gonna call it lo-fi so like, <laughs> you know what i mean but like and then like literally like three or four months after it turns into a whole fucking internet thing where it's like lo-fi i'm like fuck what a terrible choice <laughs> i was like yeah. fuck that was the literal worst name i could have put but i guys gotta you know you gotta hold that l and walk in it but that's not what i was trying to do i was just like yo this is just like to me lo-fi is like like, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Blue and Exile, you know, yeah, like, dudes absolutely. like that, you know, where it's like, you know, it's got a little, 
you know, vinyl hiss to the background or something. That's to me, that's lo-fi. Like it just kind of sounds a little grimier or even like the punk rock, ter- you know, ter- uh, interpretation of it. It's just like, this is just grungy, bro. And you it's just raw as fuck. Just raw. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's the beautiful thing, man. It's like, you get to have your interpretation of like what lo-fi is and it, and it doesn't even matter what it's called. Like the record's dope. And Word. so like the body yeah. speaks for sure. to whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Just, I mean, once you put it out, it's just, it's up to everybody else's interpretation. You can't, you know, you can't really control it. Just put the shit out and people take it how they receive it. You know, it is what it is. For sure. Um, when, uh, when did it start to, like when you started finding the samples and things like that and started finding the references and whatnot, um, did it come pretty natural for you to try to figure out how to actually do that on your own? And like, is there some sort of triggering point where you're like, you know what, man? Like, I I love listening to this music, but I gotta like figure out how yeah, yeah. to make moves on my like. I really want to like yeah put something out myself or sure. like explore this. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I guess for me, um you have the, all these ideas in your head of like what, when you hear something, you have like how, I, I know what, it want, what I want it to sound like, but like dealing with the software, you have to learn first, how do I manipulate it within this, you know, environment. So that was my first step, getting out of just like the preset loops and like trying to do my own thing or manipulate my own samples. I was a free loops guy. I was lime wire, bootleg, yeah. blew up like four computers trying to get it right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was that, that line, kid. That lime wire life was dangerous. It's very, very dangerous, man. <laughs> Still slip, is. Slippery slope, dude. <laughs> you, you may not get that, that little Wayne mixed that it says on the title maybe something else right i learned that lesson the hard way <laughs> <laughs> so at first you're just kind of like learning how to build beats with the loops and everything yeah, like the yeah, sampling just the structure is, just is, the a bar 16 bar okay here's a loop change it up transitions bridge whoop de whoop but then when i went to fruity loops i was this is the og days when you had to sit on a computer not on your phone on youtube and uh there's a, a site called warbeats.com where they had this dude who was very monotone and went through all of the um directions of pretty much how to manipulate fruity loops so that's how i learned i just I mean, being a kid, you don't have shit else to do. I wasn't working or anything, so I just locked myself in my parents' basement and just just spun through all those um, tutorials until I got to the point where I can okay, now I can get the sample and do what I want to do with it. So yeah, that's that's how it started. Because listening to Ninth and Little Brother and all that, you know, the Master Ace, like that era of rap, you know, most deaf, on and on and on, people under the stairs, all of that. That was that was my shit. So I was trying to, I want to do that, but like with my own spin. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how the people under the stairs thing uh, missed me, but Sherbert was yeah. the reason. Is the reason I I kind of know about them now. Yeah. And I've listened to that record quite a few times just in the last week since doing that podcast. It's dope, I was right? Like, man, I don't know. I don't understand how I missed this. Like, this is definitely in in the lane of you know some J five shit that I for I, sure. I, yeah, I love Jurassic yeah, Five, man. And Black Alicious, and all of I'm it. Just like, oh, this is. Uh, this is definitely in in that realm and for sure yeah um definitely a, a timeless thing yeah man it's that's the ill part about it then like that's kind of gives, what gives me comfort is like you may put something out and someone may not hear it for like 20 years they may not find it, it doesn't matter how dope it is there's a lot of dope stuff sitting in the cracks and the crevices that's why i like digging records bro it's like how did this shit like not go major like i'm listening to like a b-side on an album from like the 70s i'm like what this is like doper than the mainstream stuff <laughs> you know not to be that hipster guy but you know there's a lot of dope stuff just hiding yeah, I mean, especially now, that's that's bound to happen with the amount of shit that it's is nuts, you know, man. being put out every single day. And everybody rests. Everybody every- makes beats. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um, 
So did did you kind of immerse yourself in that in that shit? Like once once you started, was it yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah. this is what I'm doing with yeah. a majority of my free time? For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, I was all. I mean, I did the school thing. I was pretty all right with that. You know, I went to Twalton, so it wasn't you know the easiest classes, but I also did basketball, and you know, I was in sports, but. You know, when it comes down to the summertime, you're not doing as much. That was when I would lock in or couldn't go anywhere. You're a little kid. Like, I don't have a car. So I was just online wire heavy, just downloading heavy, like just listening to anything and everything and just trying to find loops. So, yeah, I immersed myself from a pretty young age. I, it took me a while to actually make something like listenable, <laughs> I would yeah. say. But I put in my uh, I would say I put in my 10,000 hours, I think. So, yeah. I definitely did, but it was more of the experience of just finding it, hearing it, and even if you make something whack, you're like, yo, I made that. Like, that that high is, like, kind of what you chase when you're, like, you bounce out the MP3, like, even if it's the corniest, wackest, unmixed thing ever, it's, like, that feeling is, is like, wow, yeah, man, it makes you want to keep going. So that's probably what I had For since, sure. since, since that era. Did you, uh, were you kind of rapping out of necessity almost while you're, listening to these beats and making these beats a little bit to see if a flow worked in them or were you just like very interested in the instrumentals and keyed into that i was mostly beats bro but you know, i've always you know you sing in a church and you sing at the plays and you know all that 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 corny shit so i, I had the element but i never like rapped because i mean what the fuck am i gonna rap about a little kid from the suburbs you right, know? Right. <laughs> I, was, I have both parents man i'm doing well like that doesn't sound cool on a rap but as i got older yeah now that's something that i do but early on it was just let me just make the beats you know it's just more on, on that side of it yeah for sure i guess i even mean just like just just finding out like does this uh you know does this music yeah, have a pocket to for to sure rap in even if you had nothing to say like to answer your question dude i didn't and that, i think that's one thing it's, it's funny you say that i've been getting more into that now because as a producer, when you're alone in your bedroom and you're just making beats, like, if you're not thinking, like, does this sound good with raps, you'll overload it with all of this stuff and there's no space for someone to rap. So, like, that's something, a lesson I learned a lot now, not to skip too far forward, but, like, making shit for, like, Karma and other, like, actual rappers who, like, you know, go and do shows and stuff. is like, they don't need all of that. When you have all of this stuff, if it's not a, a standalone instrumental, like, a beat tape beat is different than, like, a track for a rapper. They need to have space for them to, you know, flow and, and you know, do their thing. So if you have all of these elements and it's all crazy, it's just too busy and it's too full. So I, I made a lot of super busy beats because I was not thinking that way. I was like, I'm trying to fill up every single thing I can, you know. But yeah, to answer your question, that's I was in that space. I'm, I'm growing out of it now. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I think it's uh, that's pretty natural too. Like early on to be, you know, cluttering your stuff. And yeah. Yeah. You're trying like everything. Oh, throwing it know? all against the wall, man. I'm trying every single seasoning I got in the damn cabinet, man. I'm gonna try everything. Are you like showing people this stuff in yeah. high school that you're making? And I was. Yeah, I was. Um it was whack. A lot of it. I mean, there's some shit that actually I'm listening back and I'm like, that wasn't that bad. But um yeah, I was showing some homies and stuff and you know, riding around in my uh my mom's minivan, slapping beats with the homies, you know, just doing little you know, high school shit, smoking weed and shit. So it wasn't like necessarily good, but I, I was showing people and I actually fuck now I think about it. I was rapping back then. Um one of my most um infamous moments in high school, I made a remix to um MIA Paper Planes. Um and so I gave it to one friend and I was like, dude, don't show anybody, bro. And he sent it out, of course, to like everybody I know. 
and then we have like the fall like whatever kickback jamboree with the first football game someone has a loudspeaker with like everyone there all their cars he plays it and the, the track the hook goes balls in your face when i dunk it on your dome dunk, like it was just so embarrassing but like i was rapping at that point so after that i kind of like kept everything in the tuck i was like i don't want <laughs> that is not what i want the world to hear so what about other other people? Were you like pretty open to maybe other people throwing something down on on one of your beats at that yeah. point? Yeah, we had a cool little. Um, even though we were out there, you know, in the suburbs, I did have homies because I mean, it was you know all the skate park kids and you know that stuff and other cats I do who uh, did music. We would throw beats back and forth, and we were call, uh, kind of all like growing up at the same time. Shout out to um, shout out to mankind, shout out to Brandon Kelly, <coughs> shout out to Deli Vaughn, shout out to Brandon. Shout out to, um, not Brandon, but O'Brien and Shawnee Jakes. There's a, a lot of cats, man, who I came up with out of that school who were actually doing shit with music. One of my guys, Shadow, like we were freshmen, both on Fruity Loops, um, just fucking around. So he does a whole like reggaeton night now and, you, you know, and that's just popping. My guy, Shawnee Jakes, he um, was like on the Super Bowl halftime shit, you know what I mean? Like he's doing different like EDM, whatever stuff now. But there's a lot of us who were just, we kind of all like clicked up for whatever reason. We were still freestyle and play beats like play the beats we made like in the hallways after school and while we're smoking weed like that yeah. type shit so it was, it was there it was it was a smaller circle but we all were sharing our shit around you got some fucking people around you to push you and like inspire you hell yeah hell yeah we would like get on get off the bus find a homie before the class the bell rang like yo check this out on our little you know whatever the fuck it was back then the ipod shuffle like yo check this out man and that's what that's what we would do for sure and were you uh like primarily listen to just tons of hip hop related music at this point, or are you like also listening to a bunch of alternative music as well and some some pop music and whatnot? I was listening to a little bit of everything, man. Um, I think, I'm trying to think back then, like oh five oh six. You know, Kanye was big. I still I listen to everything though. My dad was a uh, we were up in Seattle, um, so that's a big jazz city in Tacoma. But you know, we listened to Seattle radio. So smooth jazz, Nora Jones and Corinne Bailey Ray. Like we, I listened to all that stuff, bro. Um, I, I was mostly hip hop, but I liked a little bit of everything. And of course, dudes like. You know that that uh quote unquote genreless term came around like when I was in high school with Kid Cudi and stuff. So yeah. that's that was kind of my jam is like because I'm getting influenced by all this stuff. I'm hearing the kids who are listening to Paramore and then you know the kids who are listening to uh, Pharrell and you know grinding by the clips and stuff. So like that mashup was something I was always trying to to seek. So yeah, it wasn't just hip hop. It's always been Hal Green and Marvin Gaye's, and then I might listen to you know back then too. Uh, you know nirvana all that i liked all of it yeah i i feel like uh you know maybe maybe you don't hear nirvana or anything in in your music but nah. i feel like listening to your music it's uh i don't know it just seems like you appreciate a lot of different shit oh for sure man and i appreciate you saying that that's something that i really do i'm like kind of adamant about uh trying um, and as I kind of sample more and more, it's like you don't want to sample the super popular, like don't sample Anita Baker or Marvin Gaye or Stevie. Like you're kind of trying to get more obscure with it. And then like I'm getting like country records or like a, a drum loop from like a, a super like heavy metal band that's just fucking funky. Um, like that kind of got me more to explore some of this other stuff and just dope is dope, man. Regardless of the genre, you can find a hot, a hot 10 seconds or 15 seconds, like even fucking... Um, Elton John rocking man I think I sampled that and I was like this is fucking fire bro for sure I'm a tribe called quest does a dope uh sample of uh, yeah. of Elton John I think they have like a Benny and the Jets yeah, sample yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on their most recent record uh-huh um I think that's such a cool element 
of uh, of sampling music is that you have this additional tool to carve out your own sort of creativity. Oh, and yeah. Like, you know, like you said, you can sample like, the fuck out of like everything everybody already knows. But like when you start pulling stuff from, you know, things that people don't know. Yeah, like what is this? This whole <laughs> another level to it. For sure, dude. Which it's, is it's really super, dope. Super nerdy, but, you know, I'm the dude who will sit there for four hours going through random YouTube pages and like blog spots that have like the records that's that's me yeah will you if you find something on a record will you definitely listen to that whole record then it depends on the day um depends on how much energy i have but i've re- I learned the lesson that if you just listen to it for the first um eight bars 16 bars you might miss out on something super tight at the end where they do a whole transition you might miss the best thing so i've learned to be more patient but I, I try not to be the, let me just sample the first intro, dude. Cause like, if you li- you dig in, man, like there's some shit that's like, like, whoa. And like <laughs> two and a half minutes, two, two minutes and 45 seconds. Like, whoa, what is this? So, it hit a whole nother movement of the song that sounds nothing like. Whole nother planet. I'm like, what? You guys did the key change, the tempo <laughs> change. Like what? How did that happen? But it sounds dope. Yeah, man. Um, let's get into... A jam off off your most recent uh, record that you have up on the band camp. It's it's that, seasons change. Yes, sir. Um, what's what's a track that you would like to uh, for the people to hear, man? What's one that's uh, near and dear to you on this one? Uh, I would say that the one you know with the feedback I've gotten the most well received is 2 a.m. on I five. I think that one probably that might be worth worth playing. It's got a cool little vibe to it. I think. All right, this is, you heard it. This is 2 a.m. on I-5, Mike Mo Beats. All the links will be in the episode notes, so keep up with it. This is it.
That's more civil conversations. What the fuck? You know, it is what it is. It's the land we're living in, brother. <laughs> Still going to do the podcast in the park, though. Right? <laughs> Doing the podcast in the park. Fuck yeah. Um, so as far as where you're at now with your production and whatnot, you know, and you mentioning that you were playing some instruments as a kid, you know, playing some of the wind instruments. Is that something that's like come back into your production yet where you're actually sampling yourself playing instruments? Not quite yet. I've, uh, I found a few programs, a lot of the thing too with, um, you can have really dope notes, really cool chord progressions, but if you have those corny stock synths, it's just not going to sound tight. So I did invest a little bit. I used to have a native instruments machine. So when you buy it, you have all those plugins. Right. So I've used that and incorporated that into FL. So I can play a little bit. You know what I mean? When I hear a, a record, I can find a scale on the keyboard, or, you know what I mean, on a piano. So I know, like, that's why I do my bass lines. Like, okay, this is in whatever. I can just play it out. But when you don't have the ill sounds, it's like, it, it, you know, if you have a cheesy bass, it's just, it doesn't matter how hot the bass line is. Right. So I don't have, like, actual instruments, but I do have friends who do. And they kind of inspire me. Um, so I, I'm really like, you know, it's a budgetary thing. Not that that ever limits you, but I can still find ways around it. But ideally, yes, I want to play my own guitar riffs. I want to play my own bass lines. I would love to have a saxophone. I'd love to have a harmonica, to have toms, to have, you know, a drum kit. You know, just has a little more live flavor than when you're doing things in this program and it's quantized right on beat. Like, that's one of the things with Dilla that was so ill is that you could hear that that live element it's not quite on the beat but it's still there you know yeah that's what i'm chasing yeah for sure just the way he would drag shit Bruh. on purpose yeah just is it God. yeah and he was doing that shit with a drum machine too which is nuts which is crazy on npc bro you compare that to like what you can do on your phone now like i've been fucking around with uh like garage band and like some of these apps it's like it's not do it's really not the gear you have so it's like not the best cop out but like some of these cats like Madlib made that shit with um Freddie Gibbs, bro. The um the last joint off a fucking iPad, bro. All those beats on the iPad. It's fucking insane. Yeah, dude. It's uh it's wild to just be sitting with somebody while they're doing something like that and you're just hanging out for a few minutes and then you realize that they have made an entire beat <laughs> in, in like seven minutes <laughs> on their phone. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's like what? Like how that's what you made right there? I've been sitting here for five hours trying to make stuff tight. Yeah. <laughs> this is too late for me to ask you. I'm I am i am sure you're allowed with uh you're cool with cuss words, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We're is uh, you know, an uncensored program. Bet. Okay. Uh, Not to cut you off. You're all, you're all good. <laughs> it's a little too late to ask that, but uh, I'll ask anyways. Yeah, is but you obviously you know, you can at least use like the a keyboard for as yeah. a writing tool and, and for shit sure, for dude. yourself. For sure. And I'm at the point great. now. Um where like uh my friend, shout out to Nine to Fire. They got they do reggae, man. It's my friend Connor Manny, I Connor checked George. Out that uh that track they featured yeah. on. They convinced me to be a rapper, bro. So I showed up on it. <laughs> but it's, I mean it did all right for being independent, you know, got like seventy thousand plays. I think it's probably more than that now. They got onto local radio in Hawaii. That's like, a cool song, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Shout out to them, bro. He's fucking meticulous. Connor Manny is fucking meticulous. Like he sat there on that record for like literally a year till he got it right. He played all the horn. It sounds like it's all live instruments, but he played that with whatever program he had. I know he's a Pro Tools guy, but they had live bass, live guitar, but everything else, uh, I think besides the keys, was just, like, all him. And they, they did a couple shows that I, you know, had to pop out, out, you know, the pizza uh, 
pizza parlor. Then we did one at I forget the name of it downtown, but they're they're getting love and they're dope, man. They're they're super dope. So, but to my point is that um, watching them, it's like okay, like all these synths are dope, but like yo, this sounds different with a real guitar, with a real bass, with real drums. Like this is a different flavor, man. Yeah, man. There's some. There's definitely a different feel to those things, and they all have their place. Like sometimes the drum machine is the right move, even For on sure. a rock record. Yeah, you know? honestly, and, Prince did it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, do you find the like some of the musical theory stuff that you learned along the way is is helpful to you in your production? Absolutely. Um, it just kind of speed qu- quickens things up. Um, so like if I'm trying to even just some simple, you know, put a little little synth lead or something i try not to go too heavy uh, on the sample records but yeah that 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 knowledge has helped me because i you know can i know notes and you know i know the chords and the basics if i'm not like fucking mozart obviously but you know knowing enough to to find my way around just because a lot of hip-hop stuff is kind of simple i mean it's simple but it's tight i don't know if you're familiar with like chuck english yeah absolutely like he's one of my he's a, a wizard with that bro like he's just i'm gonna find just this one pocket it's not like not to say simple to demean it or anything but like it's just that's the, like currency and yeah, larry man. june and wiz khalifa and cardo june, man. man bro like it's just we chilling bro it's just some real cool just smoke around you know what yeah. I mean? it does not have to be a you don't have to be a maestro and have a string section and violins like that's just expensive like the shit that kanye does <laughs> yeah that to hire session fucking fucking uh cellos and you know all that's expensive bro but yeah. you can still get something dope without all that, without the budget. So I like guys like that. Yeah, man. Simple is the move sometimes. And it, it's a time and place for everything, bro. I, I like the space that that creates, especially on a hip hop record. When yeah. It is simple. Yeah. Stripped down, you know. And that's punk too to me. And bro. it can still, you know, it can still bang. Dude, I'm telling you, I, my to bring her up again, Karma, man, um, she sent me a link to a documentary on, like, the whole punk scene, like, in the early 90s between, like, Olympia and Seattle and Portland, and so I kind of got my, I always knew this is a punk city, you know, punk and metal and all that, that's yeah. that's the king in this town, that's what it is, you know, definitely not or a rap. it used to be. Used to be. It's, it's, now it's folksy. Yeah, USA. it doesn't seem as much, you know, it seems like it's more on, on this indie rock, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the... I like it all. But. I think that the rap... The hip hop rap scene is very underrated here, dude. You, know, you have like, some of the, the best incredible. raps I've ever heard in my life are from the city. It just sucks that when you say you do rap, that stereotype of you gotta be from the struggle and from the projects and you gotta sell dope. Nah, man, there's some of the illest people, and some of them are actually about their life too. I mean, but it's like there's some dope rappers in Portland because we it fucking rains all year. What do we? What do you fuck you think we do? We're in the we're in the lab. We're in our basement making tracks, bro. Yeah, dude. There's there's definitely some uh, some legitimate heads out here oh for know? sure man it's, there's an appreciation for it it's impressive as fuck like the amount of it but um yes yeah, i think uh i think that's dope that you you know diving into other shit and just yeah i gotta imagine that you know really informs your your process in some way you know even if you're not making punk music it's nice to see or at least for me it's always super inspiring to get to get in somebody's process and yeah, see, or yeah. even like see what was happening see what they were doing maybe yeah if, yeah because they probably weren't thinking about it even as deep as you want to no. like even know the inner workings Dude. of it but like <laughs> it's just good to observe yeah. and and that's uh, funny you said that that's yeah. funny you said that I, I realized a lot of times like i'm not really a big on the views and plays and all that whoopty whoop followers i i don't give a fuck uh i like music but 
a lot of records that I have done or been a part, been able to participate in that have done all right with the metrics. I couldn't tell you the sample. I could not tell you the thought process. It's just some random. I woke up on a Sunday, lit a spliff, um, trying to bite the hair of the dog and had a beer and ended up making some tight and whoever the fuck found it. You know, it sucks. It's not the sexiest story, but a lot of times that's like the illest when you don't overthink it. There's a guy like uh, Kenny Beats is getting, you know, I mean, he's popular on Twitter and all that. He does a lot of stuff with the newer. He's yeah. like his his big thing is just don't overthink shit. Just make whatever the fuck comes to your mind. And I would I would agree with that, man. Sometimes that's the illest shit. You just make it and you're not, you know, I would love to have a process that I could like break out. But oftentimes the process is um because you're so stuck on that. You're not really like in the moment of just making like what you feel or where you're at, you know. So that's I've been trying to like remove myself from that. It works sometimes, but for me it's like, bro, let me just like, okay, I found this record. Uh, what do I want to make? Okay, boom. Like I start with that. Some people start with like drums, or they'll start with a guitar riff. I usually start with the record first, and then just let that lead the way. Yeah. Do you ever, as as far as, uh, you know, from project to project of what you put on a collection of songs, is there usually some sort of through line with the production amongst those tunes or is there like are you ever doing something where like on this record i only started things with the drums or i only used four tracks here, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah you know shit like that parameters no i've never been that regimented um a blessing and a curse i wish i was more disciplined <laughs> i just kind of just go with the flow man to be honest but um i will say to to, to that to that question, uh, I try to meet, even when it's like a beat tape, some people just put a random, just like here's 30 beats that have no fucking relation to each other and they don't flow and it's not cohesive. I don't try to do that. Um, if I do put it out, it's like a body of work. I'll try to have it flow. So it's more, not more, not as much the process, I would say, but more like, okay, what does this one make me feel like? Okay, what was I doing when I made this one? Like, does this one sound like fall? Does this one sound like summer? This one sounds like... Um, fucking driving on the highway to go to Eugene or some shit and you're just half sleep like I want to keep it like that so it's not as much like how I'm making it but like once I bounce that motherfucker out like okay like oh these ones go together these beats aren't really that vibe and now let me try to stack them to like make it kind of flow together from top to bottom so if that makes any sense yeah uh, for sure sometimes you gotta you know throw a weed nap in the middle of 30 exactly exactly exactly. and that's what that song sounds that sounds like Like, the song that you should put on if you want to like burn one down with the intention of maybe falling asleep like that's probably a good track to uh to start it with take a little uh little reefer nap too It's, it's, it's good every now and then, man. Did you uh, take to liking having some vocal samples in there from a pretty early age or yeah. early in your process? For sure, dude. And it's tougher to do. Um, you know, I mean, I <clears throat> I, I did one because I was I, when you for everyone. I think when they first start out, they're imitating like their their idols and stuff. So I was trying to be fucking bootleg Ninth Wonder, bootleg Pete Rock and DJ Premier, all that shit. But then I realized it's difficult when you do like you have to do like the low pass filter to have space to stack on that high filter and then make sure like the lows of the vocals parts aren't overtaking the lows of the original sample and bring it in and out and you know just make sure it's not muddy. That was something that I've learned. Um, like probably after college, I was fucking around on the machine in college and still doing Fruity Loops. But like getting them to mesh is really there's a really a science to it. Um, so, yeah, but it does. Ma- it takes the next level. You know, when you have the vocals kind of like overtaken and, you know, the, the the hook and a lot of folks like the old, the old school shit with like DJ Premier. 
You have your the bass the bass beat, then you have um the vocal sample coming in and out of uh scratches and that's the hook. Like no one's rapping. You know what I mean? A lot of that gangstar shit, like that shit was tight, bro. The shit with mathematics with most dev. Like there's not yeah, a dude. rap word set on that, but it's fucking far. So that's kind of what I was trying to emulate. But yeah, it is it makes it I think it takes it to a different level. Yeah. I like uh I like how the vocal samples can almost act as a mantra too for that yeah, song, you know. For depending sure. upon what the content of the actual yeah. lyrics are, but mm-hmm. and also having it obviously for you know using it as an instrument, you know, yeah. not even so much yeah. as the vocal. It's like, oh no, this yeah. is just like a layer on the track. Yeah, it's funny, bro. Uh, I keep on saying it, but like I've seen that same kind of you know that that conversation. It's like some rappers they'll hear that. And like that's the hook. That's what I'm gonna write about. She was saying X, Y, and Z. Like let the song cry, Jay Z. Yeah. That's that's what the song's about. And then for some people, like for me, I'm not even thinking about what the fuck they're saying on you know on the vocal. It just sounds tight. But for like in a rapper mind, they'll hear that. And if you label it as such, yeah. Then that's how they bounce off. Like I got a track called Sunday Morning or Weed Nap. That, that's what the track's about. I'm gonna talk about a weed nap. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about peace. I'm gonna talk about being above the clouds. Like all right, bet you know. But I don't really process it that way. But, uh, you know, there's, there's different ways to interpret it, I would say. For sure. It's kind of nice, I guess, on, you know, to have that uh, that writing spark oh, as, for sure. as the lyricist. Yeah. You know, if you have, <laughs> it's just like, especially if you work well under that kind of, yeah. uh, you know, in that space where someone, yeah. where you're just like, give me an idea. It's yeah, just like, bro. oh, no, you already, you already gave me the idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, I when I'm it. listening to this song Sunday morning, yeah, I'm bro. thinking about, I'm some, about Sunday what morning. is my Sunday morning like, you know. Yeah, I call it one, uh, I think, trees for breakfast. <laughs> I just, I put a lot of shit up, which is on YouTube and SoundCloud and like, I'm like going through and like finding all these cats from wherever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, they're dope and they're all right, but um, I'm like, 90% of them are using that title that I put on the beat as their jump off point. I, um, back in back in the day, I was probably like 2010, 11. Uh, I was doing that type beat shit, Kendrick Lamar type beat called Insomnia. And then fast forward like five years, it's like 20 dudes with the track name Insomnia <laughs> on that beat. I was like, word. I, I guess that's inspiration for <laughs> Yeah, it's. I guess it's cool too because you're not. It seems like you're not putting too much thought into like naming the, the song nah, even. So nah. it's just like. Yeah, it take, is. It, take it for what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the ill part about beats, too. And I love Portland has a beat scene that I'm just now I'm trying not to be a hermit and actually, like, see people in real life and shit. It's, um, there's something to be said for it. It's like, without the lyrics, it's like, when the lyrics overtake the beat. What the beat is, it's your interpretation of what you think this sounds like. When someone jumps on there or raps on it, now that kind of, like, domineers the the flavor of it so like just having a beat it's like you know i kind of like that too it's like you know again being a church kid without me going on there and saying nigga nigga this and smoking weed this i can just like get my music out and people can just take it for what they want it to be without me having to say anything so it's kind of a cool thing to have like different people hit you like yo this made me feel like that or i listen to this while i'm studying or like yeah. i listen to this when i'm taking a walk or whatever it's like that's tight to me i think that's cool yeah i mean i think it's taken me a while. I don't know. Maybe maybe the, these last five to seven years, I've gotten super heavy into instrumental music. Where before, I think I just like wasn't I wasn't patient or ready for it. I guess in some way there were there was some. It wasn't absolute, but you know it wasn't usually gonna be me that was listening to something like that yeah. or listening to a jazz record. And now, 
I seek that out Word. like heavy because of pretty much of what you're saying. Like I like that there's no one to tell me anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's all like whatever I I make up in my head about For this sure. thing. You know, yeah. it's it's whatever my perception is. Hell yeah. You know, maybe I also take some stock in in that title or maybe i'm not maybe i never see the title when the when the track switches you yeah, know so i don't even i don't even know what it is yeah and uh yeah you get to kind of like create your your own narrative a little bit Hell more yeah. it's a little more free in that way so I, yeah. I do i do dig that um i do i do find a lot of your tunes i think peace the track that i kicked the episode off with i think that's like maybe a great example of what i'm talking about um but I find it to be pretty uplifting in spirit most of the time. Word. Um, yeah, do you feel like spirituality in any ways like plays into your process of what you do? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And I mean, I am not the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I curse like a sailor. I drink, I smoke, I do all the extracurriculars, man. But I still, you know, for me, for me a lot of times, um, just coming from where I came from, um, that's my roots is just that taking that time to music has been my escape when I'm just locked in with the headphones and the music that's kind of like my little version of peace and I try to portray that in my music um you know I like everything you know I like the drill stuff and the dark chords but you know uh, like I said earlier I like guys like people on the stairs and tribe called quest and just kind of that motivational stuff with a little knock to it you know that's kind of always been my flavor even Nipsey Hussle was on that as you know rest in peace to him um that's that's been my flavor because for me i know there's a lot of folks also who tap in that way it's like this is my escape i can unplug from everything and like that's for me that's kind of what i try to tap into because i mean i'm not gonna lie i do listen to like i've gotten to the point now where i'm making shit for myself like i mean not to sound selfish or like sound like an asshole because i need to you know go hella far i'm not as dope as i want to be but i really have i feel like i make the illest shit when i'm just making stuff for myself with what whatever life shit is going on i could throw these beats on and like you know this will give me a cool little 15 20 minutes of just peace and serenity so that's what i try to hopefully someone else can get that so yeah that is my spirituality is definitely i try to display it through my music without having to be you know hard-headed and you know over the top and yo here's jesus i don't like doing all that you know yeah, I mean? <laughs> man, for sure i and i definitely uh connect and feel to what you're saying as far as you know just making shit for yourself. I don't think it's a selfish thing or like an arrogant thing. I think it's just, you know, figuring out over time is that's like, that's where it's at. Cause that's like, what's probably going to make you most yeah. happy. And with no one it. else can think like you, you know I mean? If you're making stuff for you, you are all unique. If you're trying to chase something else, you know, it, it sounds like you said it, to some, it may sound arrogant or selfish or whatever, but I don't think there's anyone else in the world who ticks like we individually do. So once you tap into that, it's like that is, I think it resonates more, um, you know, because it's, it's just unique, I think. So, you know, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as far as is is working with, with more rappers kind of a goal for you at this point? Or are you just like nose to the ground making beats and if people dig what you're doing? Um, that's another tough one. I still work with people just kind of by default because, you know, uh, I push it up, man. I, I hated being that guy for a long time of, yo, check out my, I don't want to be that, yo, tag 50 people and whoop-de-whoop. I just push it up now and I'm not kind of unapologetic about it. But by doing that, you know, when you put the certain hashtags on, you might get someone hitting you up for beats from here and there. So in the city, there are some folks who, um, I'm, I've, I got projects on the way, um, but that's not necessarily my focus. 
Um, because I'm, you know, I I rap too. Um, I'm not as out there with the raps as I am with the, you know, with the beats. I probably have four or five mixtape worth of stuff I could put out that I'm just not ready to put out. But by doing that, I've kind of compared what I do to like the folks who are giving me uh, raps back on my beats. Like, yo, I, I'm a rapper too. You know, I might as well like focus on rapping on my own stuff. So I'm kind of caught in between. Of, I am working on. Um, I want to do like an EP, like five tracks of me rapping on my own beats, just to kind of put it out there. But also have other people that I, that I work with, um, you know, that we, we got stuff in the works. Like Sherbert, for example, he's not for a rapper, sure. but you know, I'm trying to just always create, man. That's kind of what keeps my keeps my thing going, keeps the train moving. Yeah. Have you done any collaborations with like another producer like that might happen with you and Sherbert, something like that? Um, not necessarily. There's one of my like I, I brought him up earlier. He goes by uh, Shadow of Mankind. We have some stuff that we work on. We throw tracks back and forth. But he also raps too. He's probably one of the favorite rappers I know. Um, but we're just we're also busy. As you get older, it's like, dude, like now I gotta pay the bills and whoop de wop. It's like we don't have as much time, but we're working on some. A lot of my, my, my shout out to my homie uh, Jay Marcus too. Dope ass rapper, man. He's uh moved up here from San Bernardino, but he uh, has that uh. that flavor. So yeah, we we all we have tracks from like 2013 that we just have sitting on the task cam for a track, and we're like just trying to get the flavor back. So yeah, those cats. We all collaborate, but it's just kind of a slow-moving process. So. It's not too far from where I grew up. That the Dino? Dino. Riverside? You Riverside? Corona, yeah. Oh, Riverside. man. It's I different actually, down there, dude. I went to Cal State <laughs> San Bernardino my freshman what? year of uh, college. Yeah, Get out. I was just down there, bro, um, for a job that I decided not to do. Um, I would say in August. Right through uh, university, I was over there, but yeah, yeah man, bro, it's a Fuck. different flavor, man. It's hot this <laughs> motherfucker down there, dog. Yeah, it's uh, there's some heat, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would. As far as the collaborations, though, I would just imagine like working with, especially like another producer, that that would maybe like open open your process up and you yeah, know absolutely keyed into like things that maybe you didn't know about or like Dude, you know tips and tricks and whatnot you're preaching to the choir that's because i the nature of a beat maker is to sit in your mom's basement or whatever little corner you got and just be like ears off to the world which is is good but it's also problematic and i'm realizing that now it's like you we all have certain blind spots like i can hear this same record and i think that's tight and you think that's tight and unless i'm like reaching out to some other people then it's not going to really be at its fullest potential. And that's what I'm opening myself up to, which is even while the fact that I'm doing shit like this, I'm a fucking hermit, bro. So, like, for, for me to get out here and, like, reach out to people who have different interpretations and flavors, it's like I'm realizing, like, my whole world is opening up now. You know, it's like it takes a certain level of, like, humility. Like, okay, your shit is it's dope by itself. But, like, when you have these other sets of ears on it, they could take it to, like, wow. You know what I mean? So I am working on that, bro. Um, I've been, you know, like to bring up Sherbert again, you know, it's like that is an example of it. A lot of other producer friends like, yo, just send me um, the same sample or whatever you have and let's let's build on it. And when I do my research and look at guys like like Kanye probably wasn't the main producer on a lot of those records. He had the idea or even like Quincy Jones, the producer in the traditional sense, was just like, yo, I want strings here. I want horns here. They weren't the ones actually doing the nitty gritty, but they realized that it needed all these different flavors. And I'm sure the session musicians in those sessions were like, yo, let me, uh, do these two bars like this and everyone had their input that's when right. you have a super dope record for sure when everybody doesn't feel super boxed in yeah just knows yeah. but also understands their role it's like a yeah it's a fine it's, line it's a, balance it's a fine line man um and as far as have you been doing some of these beat sets live not as much all? like man. obviously 
we're not doing shit right now for music <laughs> for the most part but like is that something that is of interest to you or something you've, you've oh, done man, at all? yeah for sure i would love to do that the uh the little park bench rhythms um i said i wasn't gonna be able to do it and then i had one of my friends do it with server <laughs> and then i ended up popping up and kind of being a drunk ass and talking shit but whatever um that was dope because like I don't know. Like, beats don't get a, a ton of credit, but there is a, a scene in Portland who fucks with it. There is. I've done the, um, what is it, a beat happening? That yeah. was probably two years ago when I had a little bit of, you know, notoriety from doing the one record with, with Gabs and, uh, Gift of Gabs and Blinds Brixton. So I did that after. But it's kind of awkward at first, but I like it. You know what I mean? Like, just having people vibe is kind of like a background thing. It's more of a, yeah, that's something I'm, to answer your question. I'm definitely interested in doing more. So I would love doing that. that it's dope to see that, like, the real time reactions to shit you made. Yeah, oh, I totally forgot about that collab you did with. Yeah, bro. With Gabs. They're, they're still eating off that. You know what I'm saying? They're doing their thing, bro. They, they, you know, and they both put out dope music. They're yeah. good singers, good rappers, dope people, just all the way around. Like I'm a super fan of them. I, super fan. I saw Gab perform one time. It was on a bill with Rashid Jamal. Mike Capes and Glenn Waco. Wow, that's a stacked bill right Three there. Three of the best rappers I know in the city. Oh, for sure. And she blew my mind, dude. I'd never <laughs> seen her. I knew I knew that she was like I'd heard a couple of her tracks, but yeah. to get to see her live, I was like, no. Whoa, this Yo, is crazy. Like she I, is the real deal. Yeah. Do not fuck with Gab because she will bar your ass up. <laughs> If you don't know, <laughs> you should. Uh, you Gab should will end your whole career in the sixteen bars. <laughs> Do not play with that lady's name, please. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate you hanging though. Like, For sure, especially bro. you know, you say you're a bit of a hermit and whatnot. So yeah, I appreciate bro. you. You just like jumping on the mics and it's whatever, you know. bro. At this point, I don't want to talk your ear off either. It's getting dark and shit. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been just really enjoying. Uh, you know, getting more acquainted with your music and Word. definitely been. You know, listening to your uh, to m- your music a lot and and diving into it, and it's yeah for anybody that needs needs something to just accompany their day and Word. and not say too much, <laughs> just just throw on some of these Mike Mo beats. I do. Um, you mentioned you know just a just a minute ago or so you were talking about like arrangers, you know maybe like someone like Quincy Jones not exactly knowing exactly you know all the notes to play but they would they would tell horn sections to play certain things yeah. and uh phil collins is is like credited for doing a lot of the that that sort of arranging on yeah. his records and yeah. uh i always appreciate it i think that's like where i grew like a big love for horns is is phil collins for sure and uh the last track that i want to play it out with which is float on has got these horns that really remind me of like a Phil Collins record. Um, Segway was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> love love this tune so much. Like this is definitely like one of the ones that that spoke to me heavy. And uh, it was hard to pick three, Mike, to to feature. Like I I, there, there's so many that that uh, I wanted to to put in the rotation. But that also means that there's there's plenty for people to check out out there. Word up, man. Go dig, man. Go look back, man. I got them, all, I got them on there, man. On your uh, your neighborhood DSP, you can find them. <laughs> on all the streaming services the and streamers. some extra shit on, on Bandcamp as well. And uh, I'll put all the links in the episode notes. Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, it's a program. So if we can get the mic, Mo, oh, it's yeah. a program. We can properly end this thing. Tell me when.
Just whenever. Do okay, it. Like, whenever you're ready. It's a program. He nailed it, everybody. That's Mike <laughs> Mo Beats. Uh, check out all of his music. And uh, we're playing it out with Float On from uh, my favorite collection of Mike Mo Beats, which is the, uh, the Lo-Fi collection. So definitely check that out as well as everything else. And uh, that's it, man. That's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side.
Husband, it's a program. <laughs>